I'm like Jason Demers getting called up for my 700th game. <laughs> Which one of you is this a bigger honor for, Pierre? I don't it's know. an honor for me, man. You guys, uh, <laughs> we're the original. The original got your backs. That's right. See, both the Ryan's right. worlds are colliding here. They are. It's like it's my so two- overwhelming for Rashad. I know my two big brothers joining me on my podcast, and I'm afraid of what might happen. Hello, folks, and welcome to Got Your Back NHL Edition. LeBron and Rashog and Struddy this week. Yes, Jason Strudwick making his debut on Got Your Back NHL Edition. Uh, Going to talk about all things National Hockey League today. Great playoff races happening. Uh, boy, there's lots going on in the league right now. It's a really exciting time of year. Also on the podcast today, Ottawa Senators star forward Brady Kachuk was a fantastic interview. How does he feel about his teammates wanting to beat the crap out of his brother? Is it awkward for him when his best friends on the team literally want to strangle his brother? We ask him that question and a whole bunch more coming up in our Who's Got Your Back segment. Of course, Got Your Back brought to you by Cross Country Canada. Supplies and rentals where they do absolutely everything when it comes to the construction industry in this country. If you want to build a road, they have the know-how and they have the equipment, everything you need from the survey equipment to plan it out, to haul and move dirt, even the material you lay down to stabilize the terrain. If it's a big construction job, Cross Country Canada has the know-how, the equipment, and the people to get it done. And uh, really proud to have them as title sponsors here on Got Your Back, LeBron, Rashad, and Struddy. There he is. Struds, how you doing, my man? Good. I'm excited. You know, and I got to say, I I always appreciate Pierre LeBron, and I, you know, I can only say no to him so many times. You know, right. you, it's easy to say no to. I'm not coming on. I'm busy. Yeah. I got I got to work hard. on my one-arm push-up. But when Pierre texts me, it's like, all right, Pierre, I, I, I'm coming in big guy. Yeah. Well, I, I just got to say, it's nice to have someone on finally who knows something about the Oilers because oh, uh, they're, they're having a great second half. They're having a great second half. And, uh, we, you know, let's yeah. talk Why about Why you got to uh, be like that? One yeah, new know. person comes on our podcast and you completely turn on me, Pierre. Like, <laughs> that's it. I went dregs like on you there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shogger still thinks the Oilers should trade for Chikrin. Trade, trade at home in the summer and get Chikrin. <laughs> yeah. Donkey. No bringing our local pod business onto the national pod struts. Because if you want to do that, I could talk about how horseshit you've been at calling goaltenders all year oh, long. I have no Pierre, idea. every single time I've asked no Struds, what do you think they're going to do in net? No He's gotten it dead wrong. No sure. feel for the goaltending at Edmonton this year. Like I mean, to be fair, seen. I don't think NHL front offices uh, are that sure about what they're doing in goal these days. Uh, uh, honestly, it's the most unpredictable position more than ever now, for sure. For but, sure. Uh, well, and things are going well for the Oilers in that position this year. Yeah, Stuart Skinner, yeah. maybe the front runner here for the Calder. Maybe we'll have a quick chit chat about that. Okay, guys, let's not waste time. Let's get to the breakdown brought to you by our good friends at Kuma Outdoor Gear, where they've got a wide range of gear to fit all your needs from tents and sleeping bags, travel games, pet products, drinkware, as I continue to hoard the drinkware here from kuma but they're really excited about their new switch back heated chair i have one it's spectacular the world's first heated chair powered by bluetooth technology it's got dual heat zones one in the seat and one in the back you can actually micro adjust it from your phone it is so cool uh or you can do it manually you can actually preheat your chair 
before you go outside if you want to. Struds for the high-maintenance camper out mm-hmm. there. Uh, you can get it done. Uh, so they're available at outlets all across the country. Uh, go to their website to check out where you can find their stuff. That is Kuma Outdoor Gear. Okay, gents, let's talk about the playoff races that we have going. A lot was determined last night, but still one spot left to be determined. Wild card in the east. Isles and Pens. Really, the Islanders just need Pierre to just, just grab a point against Montreal and you stamp your way in there. I love games that come down to one night and you're in or you're not. What an opportunity for the New York Islanders. Yeah, and I think the Habs have already emailed them the point before they get to the rink tonight. Just text it um, over. Oh, there you go, guys. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and I say that in, in, in jest, obviously, but, you know, the Habs have looked to me like a team that for 90% of the season, there was a great fight in this rebuilding tanking for Bedard team where there was really not tanking. I mean, they were playing hard for Marty St. Louis. And then in the last month, you feel like the regular season was month one month too long for them, especially with all the injuries they've had. But the Canadians have, have, have not been as nearly as competitive. So if the Islanders don't get a point tonight against the Montreal Canadiens, uh, then again, Blackhawks going into Pittsburgh and beating the Penguins of Pittsburgh season on the line is 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 absolutely mind-boggling from last night. And I watched a lot of that game. The body language, not good on that Penguins team. And uh, boy, it's not over yet. They could still get in. But if they don't, I think it's unbelievable that the symmetry between Ovechkin and the Caps and Crosby and the Penguins perhaps missing the playoffs together in the same year after this 15-year run of unbelievable hockey for both organizations. There's a lot to chew on there. You know, it's funny. I, I played on some bad teams, and you always say the right things, like, "Hey, we want to make these guys miserable too. We want them to make the miss the playoffs." And then Spoilers they come on and push hard. You're like, "Ah, it's okay. They can have the point." <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to go that is, hard into the this corner. It's too today. hard. Like honestly, I'm one. I'm I'm 60 minutes, 20 shifts away uh, from a summer. I don't want to get hurt out here. Like they're obviously want to make the playoffs, and you know, I, I remember one time it was uh, just before this. Um, Olympic break and Ryan Getzlaff was was trying to make the team Canada. Remember, I think he had an ankle sprain, uh, Pierre. And, all right, uh, and he, he had it play well. He had all the eyes was all about Ryan Getzlaff. Is he going to play well? And we're all thinking, all right. ah, how good can he be? He's been out for a while. He's got a high ankle sprain. But I think he had four or five points that game, and we were like, ah, he deserves to go. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he's earned it. Clearly, he's earned it. It was so funny. You just get pushed out of the game. So like. I don't know. I, I, it'd be, I think it'd be a miracle if they don't get at least one point tonight uh, against the Habs. The, and, the and, Penguins... and I'll tell you, I'll tell you who's not cheering for the Islanders is is both the Bruins and the and the Hurricanes because, listen, the Bruins in particular will be massively uh, favored against whoever they play in the first round. But mm-hmm. you know, I wrote about this this week in, in the piece I did on the Bruins. It's almost impossible to envision how they can't win in the first round. But I said, if you're going to force me to find a path against the, the biggest upset in years in the first round. It's the Islanders and Sorokin just saying, I'm not going to let a goal in, yeah. which we've yeah. seen. He can do in, that. In playoffs past. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, arguably having the best season of any goalie in the NHL um, and, and almost single-handedly keeping the Islanders in the race. And uh, and so I bet you both Boston and Carolina saying, you know what, we, we don't mm-hmm. need the Islanders. You know, let's get, let's get, uh, Struts- get Pittsburgh in there. Struds, what does your gut tell you about the Pittsburgh Penguins and where they're at in their trajectory? They've been so good for so long, in every year. It's a fantastic streak. What ended at 16 years here. 
Yeah. What does your gut tell you about what those guys look like they have left? Uh, you know, I've watched them quite a bit this year. I, I love the way Sidney Crosby plays. And obviously, Malkin's been a good player to tang those guys. But, you know, every day the sun sets, you know, and, and it's sooner or later it's going to set on every every great club. And it just feels like they're running out of gas. And, it, you know, you look the last couple of years, it always feels like they're like one or two players short, one or two players short, right? And that's just, it's hard. It's hard to win. Everyone else is around you. And, and no one's going to take those nights off against the Pittsburgh Penguins. You have, you know, players that are the same, not many guys the same age as Sid, but young players coming up, they want to take a run at them. They not like physically, but they want to beat that team. Mm-hmm. So there's no free nights for that, for that, for that team. So it just feels like the last couple of years are always short and then they're trying to chase in it. And then, you know, Pierre, you bring up the point about what Washington did, you know, selling off a couple of pieces and kind of bringing in uh, mm-hmm. for someone for a first rounder. Maybe they saw the right in the wall and Pittsburgh kind of didn't do that. So where are you at this summer, right? Like it, I, I, I want it to end well for Sid and Malkin and Latang, but I don't know if we're going to see it not end sure well it can. Uh, for them. And, and I'm not just saying this in, in hindsight. I mean, Ryan, we talked about this before the start of the year. I really questioned the decision of the Penguins to keep pushing that window open last summer. They had they had their first opportunity last summer with Malkin and Latang up to say, okay, what are we doing here? And they gave both those guys long-term deals. Expectations listen, from above, though, right? That, that was pressure from ownership, I believe, from my understanding. Mm-hmm. So Ron Exall didn't have much choice. And, and listen, it's not like Malkin and Latang have been terrible this year. Not at all. They've been really good. Crosby's been the best player in that team as usual. Another point per game season. Ridiculous. But my point is now those guys are all locked up. Like everyone's going to save the Penguins miss. Okay. Time to, you know, time to retool time to do this. Okay. But all those guys are signed. So last summer was a time where if you really want to make Mm -hmm. a tough, tough decision and say, it's time to to pivot here, then you say goodbye to Malik and Latang. I mean, It is what it is, or at least one of them. Moving over to the West, Winnipeg Jets uh, clinch with a win over Minnesota. Anybody else wish that it was Winnipeg and Minnesota in the first round? Oh. That was a nasty game. Holy smokes. And and so Ryan Reeves on the ice in the last minute ends up getting into a scrap with Adam Lowry. And good on Adam Lowry. That's a big, tough customer he took on. He did a decent job against him. But really, but how you about, think, really, you no, think that's good? I was thinking, what is Adam Lowry doing? Yeah, like, I, I, I don't ways, understand. Yeah, in some ways I agree with you, Pierre, but the flow of the game, how nasty it was. You had good players getting targeted, good players getting hit. Um, right. Yeah, you you make a fair point. You do. Sometimes, and Struds, I'll let you speak to this because you had to yeah. do this. Sometimes a team has to draw a line in the sand, and I think Adam Lowry sensed that was last night. That, and it's a great way of putting it. I mean, Adam Lowry, he's always been like that, right? Like, he, he it, it stops with him. And uh, there was a lot of hits, like Pionk's cross-check, like, that was vicious. You know, I that is round, you know, round three or four vicious right there. But, um, you know, I think for Lowry, he saw what was coming out, and he's like, okay, hey, enough. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put right. this guy in his place. And I actually, I love it. I think that's a, it's a big moment for that team. The Jets have been looking for something, you know, Pierre, you look at the last, right. you know, just go back a month, who was scoring for this team? You know, what was going on? They, they were, they were one of the best teams, if not in, in uh, the league, at least in Canada. And then they yeah. fell off their coaches wondering what's going on and they have all hell's breaking loose. And now they seem to be going out. I think they have to play a little bit rough to be successful. Um, then you got that goalie in the back behind them. I mean, it's a it's a good danger. I think it's a dangerous playoff team, Pierre. And it actually, yeah. you know, for other teams of Western Conference, that's not the team I wanted to get in. Probably. 
Well, they're dangerous despite how lousy they've been in the second half. They've suddenly <laughs> found a spark late here, which is always a thing you look for for a team that suddenly goes into the playoffs hot. And B, Connor Hellebuck. I mean, I mean, now, like you saw it again last night. I mean, Connor Hellebuck, we just talked about Sorokin and the path to if the Islanders can get in and shock someone. Mm-hmm. Well, Connor Hellebuck still going, still going handily can do it. I understand where you guys are coming with on Lowry. And listen, there's not a player on that team with more character than Adam Lowry. He's done it his whole career. And you guys are probably right that in that moment it sends a message. I just no, worry. you're probably I right. I see that fight. I worry about the injuring himself right yeah. before the playoffs. He's such an important player on that team. I mean, you're Minnesota, probably right, Minnesota take that fight every every time. Like, yeah. let's be honest. Like, and, and Strudge, you used the phrase that he put him in his place. I mean, I would say, you know, Ryan Reeves is sitting there going, I did my job, and I don't think Ryan Reeves got put in his place at all. And I, I know where you're coming at with that. <laughs> Lowry drew that line in the sand, and I think more than anything, it it I think it's more about what it does for his team than how right. it affects the Wild in any way, right? His team would galvanize around that. And I think that matters, but Pierre, your point is really fair. Risk of injury, fighting that player at this point in the season, probably not. Okay, let's talk about the fight we all wanted to see that we never did see. Here's the tale of the tape. Rick Bonus, 6'1", 68 years old, 400 penalty minute seasons. <clears throat> Dean Everson, 58 years old, 5'10", 600 penalty minute seasons. You see Bonus? They, he was pissed. And Rick Bonus is not a guy that we see that from a lot. And Everson kind of gave him the, yeah, yeah, come on over. Like, come on over, come on over. And Bonus has given him the, you know, the. I think he was calling him short there. Struds, you know both guys a little bit, I, I'm sure. Uh, who you taking, man? I don't know. I know they're so old. I don't, I don't know. It's like those two old CFL guys beating each other with their canes. <laughs> I remember that video. I don't know. I I mean, I, I it's funny. I mean, you know what? If you're a guy, in the, if you're on one of those teams, you're loving it. You love when your coach gets fired. Oh up. yeah. And the juice said, and everyone was so intense, and like that's that's what you want to see. Too many nights, <laughs> yeah. I do feel that the NHL is pretty vanilla. Yeah, you you wait for that one highlight reel where someone does the Michigan. That takes a second, right? And the rest of the time, it's hey, buddy, what's your Instagram handle? Or you know what, uh, you want to join the Facebooks club I'm on, or whatever it is. Like that was an angry game, and the coaches are mad. And don't think it's not awkward. There's only 32 NHL coaches. Like they're going to run into each other, and these two are challenging yeah. each other. You know, <laughs> what do you think, Pierre? Who are you, who are you laugh, betting on, they'll, buddy? They'll, they'll laugh it off when they go to the coaches <laughs> meeting awesome. at the draft in Nashville. Come on. I mean, I remember uh, Ken Hitchcock and uh, John Tortorella years ago in the Eastern Conference <laughs> Final, and yeah. Yeah. those guys are longtime pals now. Uh, but, you know, it's a reminder. You're right, uh, you know, Jason. Most of the regular season, you don't see that kind of emotion in this league anymore. We're about to see it. And I think what happened last night is a reminder of what's just around the corner here next week. <laughs> the greatest two weeks of the year in this league now, the way the game is now played, is the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because in the first round of the playoffs, Guys who have not gone around and really body checked anyone for 82 games are now flying around like their life's on the line. And the first round of the playoffs is complete mayhem. NHL player safety is so scared about the first round of the playoffs. Like there's something to watch on every shift. And it's the emotion of we're coming out and we've got we've got a point to make. And the reason I think a lot of younger hockey fans are always taken aback is because it, it, this is not their NHL. Right, we're we're used to it because we're old guys. That this is how it was every night back in the day. But next, I can't wait for next week because the game becomes physical for about two weeks a year. 
And then as you're a team that's trying to go all the way to the cup final, you start to make more business decisions and be smart because you got to take care of your body and go deep in the playoffs. It's the first round. Oh my yep. goodness. First round is going to be awesome. Wish it was yeah. Minnesota and Winnipeg. Okay, we could do 20 minutes on the Flames, but as the boss here on the podcast, I'm keeping us to about 35 to 40 seconds each. We're going to hit on it and then we're going to move on. Uh, a sputtering season sputters to a terrible finish. Uh, I, I heard Craig Button on Jay Onright's show and I thought he summed it up really well. He said, you know, there are a lot of good players on that roster that didn't have very good seasons. Includes the goalie. Uh, Huberdo, Kadri, second half. They have a good coach who didn't have a very good season in Daryl Sutter. I thought there were a lot of moments this year where I was shaking my head, going, "What? What is he doing? What is he doing with this?" You know, the comments about Huberdo uh, being hard on on young players. Uh, you know, just there's been things all along the way, and then and then finishes it off by sitting to Foley on the bench during a, a, a shootout that had their season on the line. Struds. That's my 35 to 40 seconds. You go next. Sum up the mess that happened in Calgary. Yeah, I, I expect them to be a playoff team at the beginning of the year, and obviously that's not going to happen. Um, but if I'm that group, I've got to figure out, you know, Huberto and Kadri, you know, and, and quite frankly, Markstrom. Tons of money locked up in those guys. They're not going anywhere. But for Huberto to have less than half a number of points he did the previous season, I mean, that's Stunning. a huge drop-off. That's like McDavid going from 150 to 70. Like, it's just, it's crazy. And so you got to figure out what, what – you know, what did he do differently or do do wrong, if that's fair? But then what did the organization or the, the coach do that was wrong for him not to get those types of uh, numbers, even close to approaching 100 or 90, Pierre, because he wasn't even close to a point a game. It's actually fascinating because if you look at it, Uberto's decline is, is, is unbelievable. But also Johnny Goudreau's maybe predicted decline from his numbers last year going to Columbus. Now a lot of that is what was happening on the last place team in Columbus. The only guy who... Doesn't matter Kachuk. where he plays. I guess it's Matthew Kachuk who just just crushed it, just knocked it out of the park this year. Yeah, um, but listen, I talked about this on Insider Trading last night. I mean, th- th- there's only one discussion to be had right now with the Flames and what happens with Brad Treliving. I mean, you have to you have to figure that out before you go to anything else with the Flames. Is it a scenario where they want him back? Do you think Pierre, or is this neither side is sure at this point? So what has happened so far is that. When ownership, when Daryl Sutter got signed to a two-year extension before the season, the ownership at the same time, unbeknownst to a lot of people, but we've since reported on it, um, ownership was also talking to Brad Treloving about an extension for him. So I think the plan was to extend both the GM and the coach at the same time. It didn't happen with Treloving. Now, I want to be careful in getting into why I think or it didn't happen. But clearly, I think Brad Treloving, and this is my own opinion, it's not it's something I'm reporting, but I think Brad Treloving needed time to think things over. Um, he's been there nine years. And, you know, I think back to Mark Bergerman at the end after 10 years in Montreal and sort of the battle scars. I don't know how long you can be a GM in a Canadian market without it becoming so overwhelming. Now, listen, Brad Shielding in three days could sign an extension with the Flames. So I'm not saying he won't. But I think it's clear if you read between the lines that he's had to think a lot about next steps here in, in his career. And, you know, the other question is, you know, ownership wanted to extend him in the fall. Do they still want to extend him now? I don't know mm-hmm. that for a fact, for a fact, but uh, we'll see. All right. That was two and a half minutes more than I had allotted for the Flames. So that means we're <laughs> well, going to have to cut back on the story. Leafs. Yeah, no, it is yeah. a big story. Uh, Struds, you kind of make a little living on the side by chirping the Leafs on <laughs> local radio 
which then buys you, which then yeah. buys you a spot on overdrive because you get a little <laughs> bit of attention. So you love doing that. You send up leaf flares from Edmonton, and then the guys on overdrive are like, "We gotta have struds on." So it's a it's a much loved segment on overdrive anytime you were on. But I put it to you, struds. Like the Leafs are not messing around this year from trade deadline to, I mean, they sat a guy with 99 points last night just because they want to make sure everybody's rested and go. Nothing matters more than the postseason for the Maple Leaf Struds. They're locked and they're loaded. Do you think there's any way Tampa Bay can beat the Leafs? So to be clear, I, I really like the Leafs team. Uh, I don't like their fans, just so we're completely honest here. Um, and that's just the truth. I, I didn't like it when we played, so it's not like this is new from, uh, you know, just recent. Um, you want to get into why? I don't know. Pierre, do we want to poke that or do we just leave that? Do we just let that slide? Uh, I mean, I mean, I think he speaks for the rest of Canada, let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> the sheer arrogance. They're just arrogant. They're an arrogant fan base, and I love that they haven't won anything. But I think that's about to change. I think that this year they will get past Tampa. Um, you know, my only concern, well, my biggest concern for the Leafs is understanding their D pairings. You know, they have a lot of D. I just don't know how they all fit together and what, how, what that'll look like. Now, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't Tampa of two or three years ago where, you know, maybe they, 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 they have to be perfect. They might be able to figure this out on the fly, but they have a lot. I just don't know how they all fit together, Pierre. And I think that that would be my big concern for, for the Leafs. But I do think they're, 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 they're going to have a series win finally. And Pierre, really do you think been- Tampa can beat them? Sorry, I'll put you on the spot too. Do you think Tampa can beat the Leafs? Either one of you, would either of you pick Tampa over them? Well, they can because of the human equalizer. I mean, the best goal yeah. in the world is still in goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but the good Lightning point. have not been good for a couple months. Yeah. So I, I, I too, uh, I think the Leafs are finally going to win their first playoff series in 19 years. <laughs> 19 years ago, next Thursday, I'm looking at my calendar, April 20th is when Joe Neuendijk scored twice in Game 7 and the Leafs beat Ottawa is the last time they won a playoff series. 19 years Crazy. ago, next Thursday. Uh, I think it changes. I do think the Leafs are going to win. They've been wow. way more consistent team in the second half than Tampa. But again, the human the human equalizer is the human equalizer. I mean, th- this is what is crazy about the NHL. It's like a theme in the show. Sorokin, Hellebuck, Vasilevsky. And we're frankly at a time where we don't have as many goalies like that than we used to have. But those are three of them for sure. And so I, I think the Leafs are the deeper team, the more consistent team. But Ilya Samsonov just has to make sure he does his job. Doesn't have to steal a game. Just do your job. And I think the Leafs will win. What do you think the lead up to that playoff series will feel like for the Leafs, Pierre? And you'll be there right in the middle <laughs> yeah. of it asking the annoying questions in all of the press conferences, just like you were with Markstrom last year in the Battle of Alberta, you're picking away at the side of his head. People are going to pick away at the Leafs in that. I four honestly or five wasn't trying to gap. get the Markstrom. I just, I, I naively thought he no. had talked about this before, and I wanted to know why he didn't sign with Edmonton. Why he didn't sign in Edmonton? So you asked him. Was it a game day? You asked him. I think. Yeah. It might I think I also day. asked Johnny. I also asked Johnny Goudreau if he was leaving during that. Season. I know. But anyway, yeah. well, you love it. But right? anyway, the, um, the big guy I, comes I, so, in from the. So I think what will be fascinating to me leading into Tampa, Toronto, is that John Cooper is the master. He put on a show last year in the first round of the playoffs with the media, like. His quotes right. last year, especially before Game 7, about being a dynasty and knocking knocking through that door and making tonight about your legacy. I mean, like, John Cooper's on parallel. And so I think that he has to become the center of the spotlight again because his team is struggling. Right. And I think that he has to go into this series 
and put some ideas in the Leafs' head about their playoff demons and and just <laughs> change the narrative a bit heading into the series. That's what I think we'll see. Struds, does anything the coach says up at that booth, at that podium, matter when the puck drops? Do the players pay attention? Would it resonate? I don't think a lot of – I mean, at least I for sure didn't read much what the other coach said. I, I really didn't care. And I think for the Leafs, that's a huge thing. I think they have to make the world very small. I think they have to just worry about what's going on between in their own dressing room and just worry about one period at a time. You know, you, you can't think about what happened last year and previous years or the 19 years, whatever it is. Like, they just have to worry about this group. This is a new group. Um, they've got to find a way to get it done just period by period. Because otherwise, that media market is tough. And that market, not the media, the market is, is huge and you can get lost in it. Um, I think that and those fans some, too, hey Struts, those fans. Yeah, well, the fans, yeah, yeah but I mean, the fans. fans have all the answers. But I think that like you just if you make the, your world too big, you you can't ha- you can't handle it. Don't think about what is going to happen in two games. That first game, just worry about that. And then you know, Pierre's point about goaltending is huge. That's a that's a huge thing. But I, I you know they've got some goal scorers that can score. But I I do feel pretty comfortable saying Leafs will win it. But it, it, only if they don't let their world get too big. Moving, it, you got one. It, Go it, ahead, Ilya Samsonov, one career playoff win. So, but he's had a wonderful year. He's been yeah. one of the great offseason additions and among the goalie fraternity. You know how many NHL playoff wins Stuart Skinner has? Yeah. So he's yeah. doing it for the first time. Right. He's been an amazing story here at Edmonton. Really has saved their season sure because I mean, David and Drysaddle can only do so much. And if they weren't getting goaltending this year, potentially the leader in the Calder, would we would we all kind of nod our heads at that? What do you think? I think Beniers is still. I think Beniers is going to win. You look at some of the Vegas odds and the Calder; they're still giving it to him pretty handily. And I think really? it's one of those. It's one of those weird things where I think rookie goalies often get overlooked. Bennington um, didn't, although he had the crazy be, save percentage. Yeah, I know he's certainly going to be prominent on my ballot. But you know, a pretty good season in Seattle there by by Matty Beniers. We'll see. I think it'll be close between those two. Pierre, are you willing to open up your DMs and let Oiler fans start campaigning for your vote? <laughs> hey, I love Oiler fans. Unlike Jason, I have time for other Canadian oh, fans. Jason, um, and I uh, will be around the Oilers at some point in the uh, in the first round. So I'll, I'll, I'll look be forward to it. Struds, uh, in the time that you've been watching and covering the Edmonton Oilers, sorry to cut you off, Pierre. No, it's okay. I've never seen a team playing the way this team is playing. Struds, that, this that's actually what this I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. That's where you were going to go. Okay, yeah, well, you can, I mean, you, well, go they're ahead. They're the best team in the league right now. Yeah. Other than Boston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, wouldn't that be a great series? Wouldn't that be a great series? And I, I, I do. I think the Oilers, this is the best team I've, I've seen them put together. I, I think I'd even include 06. Like, it's oh, a yeah, really for strong sure. team. Obviously, Chris Pronger's, you know, a bit of a change of things a little bit. But I, I, I you know, not to get into the game too much last night, but they beat the Avs, but the Avs are without four important people. And the one guy who is probably equal to Connor McDavid in the way he affects the game, that's Kale McCarr. Obviously no Manson, no Lecton and, and no, um, no, their captain, Gabe Landeskog. So yeah. four significant pieces for the Empton owners to the day, or sorry, for the Avs that they didn't have. And McCarr being the top of that heap. I, I, I like Landeskog. Don't get me wrong. Those other guys have an effect, but it's just a different team without McCarr out there. So, you know, the orders will, you know, assuming they can get through a couple rounds when they get to play that team, that's that's over a month away from now, Pierre. And that Kel McCarr, man, that guy, I think he affects the game as much as Connor does. Yeah. I mean, call, of course, Colorado, you know, Colorado and Edmonton have been the two teams in the West since, uh, you know, since mid February. Mm-hmm. Um, and Colorado, it's a question of how healthy can they be in time? Are, are Terry Lekkonen skating right now? That's huge for them ahead of the playoffs. 
let's not sugarcoat. I know I don't live in the market like you guys do, um, but let's not sugarcoat what the Oros are right now. This is the best Oilers team since the 1990 Stanley Cup champions. Yes. Like, come on. Like, this is who they are. They, they got the two best players in the world in their team. <clears throat> Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets no love outside of the market for what incredible year he's had. Evan Bouchard has replaced Tyson Berry on, that, on the historically good power play, and no one's even blinked twice. Uh, Mateus Ekholm is the best trade li- trade deadline acquisition this year. There's 17, the two and one with Ekholm um, here. So oh, there's not a single Evander Kane is to me again come playoff time is a complete difference maker. This is like no one wants to play the Edmonton Oilers in the first round. Come on, let's be real. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how Stuart Skinner does right when the bright playoff lights get shining. Sure. But every challenge he's been faced. Uh, with this season, you know, a huge regular season games against LA. He beat the Boston Bruins, just beat, um, you know, just beat the LA Kings uh, a couple of times. Then, of course, uh, another win last night. It's been pretty impressive stuff. Uh, okay, before we wrap up and get to red card, yellow card, no card, Quizmaster wanted me to put you on the spot, Pierre, and ask you where Eric Carlson's going to be next year. Closing out just a spectacular season, but it feels a little uncertain as to what's going to happen. So, I know you love those questions. It's him doing it to you, not me. Yeah, I can't answer that right now because I think that the first round of the playoffs and the potential exits will have a great bearing on the offseason trade market, honestly. And it's not a cop-out. I, I really think that we'll have a much clearer idea of some trade scenarios after some teams are pretty upset with what happened. And we're going to have some pretty good teams losing the first round by virtue of all the 2-3 matchups. Um, yeah. You know... I know Edmonton was in there on Carlson. We all do. We've talked about it. and, and That doesn't you know, work I, anymore. No, so that's what I mean. So the, the Sharks have to go back to the drawing board and recreate a market. And the other thing that I would say really affects the market, well, it's two things. One is that the cap looks like it's only going down, going up a million dollars. A league source reminded me again yesterday. I checked in on that. That's a huge dynamic. I mean, even if it was going up two or three instead of one, you're a team trying to figure out that Carlson deal and how much San Jose can retain. Number two, Eric Carlson decides where he goes. And I think that's the part of it that we never mentioned. Like, like let's say, I'm going to use a stupid example. Well, let's say Columbus wins the lottery. They got Connor Bedard. They got Johnny Goudreau. They got Zach Wierenski back after missing the whole year of that injury. And Columbus has tons of cap room. And Yarmo Kekalinen says, hey, I'll, I'll take Eric Carlson. Is Eric Carlson waving? So, you know, you might. I don't know. I'm just saying that it's not just about, oh, we found the one team that can that can <laughs> swing this. Yeah. Is it the one team that Eric Carlson's willing to wave for? And when he was on our, our, our this podcast, Brian, a few months ago, boy, did he make a – he wanted to make a point to one of your questions, which was, I want to win. And his so family I, would be supportive of that. Yeah, but my guess is his list of teams with his full no move is probably like three or four. So that's why I mean the first round of the playoffs, I think are going to greatly affect mm-hmm. how all these things can can work together. But I think it's worth noting too, though, like just, he wants to play out his career at, you know, San Jose, I have a hard time seeing that team being competitive anytime soon. So does he right. want to just fade to black on a bad team? And I, I don't know, he, those guys all want to win, Pierre. So I, I, I get, I hear and understand what you're saying, but I think he might have to be a little bit more open to ideas. Otherwise, like how many years for San Jose are we talking Three right. till they're oh yeah, it's at least at a three least. four year project, eh? Yeah, 
No, he. I think he wants to move. Yeah. But I think he's got an idea of the places that. And it's funny if you remember the when he was on with us, Ryan. Out of nowhere, unsolicited. We didn't mention that team. He talked about Tampa out of nowhere. It was like yeah. started getting into he Tampa. <laughs> it was like, well, you know why? He's he's buddies with Headman. Yeah. And, and, Go play and, with your buddy Vic Headman, right? That'd be a tough a, pairing. A perennial winner, but Tampa can. I mean, Tampa's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've got extensions kicking in next year for for uh, for Chernak, for Sorelli, for uh, Sorgachev. I mean, zero chance yeah. Tampa can get in on that. All right. Great stuff, guys. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. A little voice crack there. Uh, that was the breakdown brought to you by <laughs> Kuma Outdoor Gear. <clears throat> Strads, you've never got to play Canada's favorite game. No. Red card, yellow card, no card. All right. I'm going to present a scenario and you guys will be the judges. We'll all be the judges. Now, I have to preface this one a little bit. I never pile on to my fellow media members. I make a point of it. Mm-hmm. but we're going to a little bit today, but we have permission to do it. So about five months ago, I'm standing next to Gene Principe from our good friends at Sportsnet, beloved figure here in town. And I looked down at his phone. Gene Principe's lock screen on his phone is a shirtless picture of himself. <laughs> Can't make this stuff up. Not making this up. It is a shirtless picture of himself. Here's what happened. First of all, Gene has ancient phones. He never has the most up-to-date phone. He's just barely off the BlackBerry with the scroll wheel. So he doesn't know the way the technology works. He tried to add a photo of his family in Hawaii onto his phone as his lock screen, but it automatically cropped it. And all it is, is him smiling shirtless on the beach. I saw that. I said, Gene, you need to change that. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I said, no, no, you really need to change that. He's like, I know. Three months later, I saw it again on his phone. And I said, Gene, you got to understand something here. If you don't change that, I'm going to have no choice but to talk about it on my podcast. This is that you have a shirtless picture of yourself on your phone. He's like, yeah. I said, do you want help? He goes, no, no, I got it. I got it. Guys, a couple weeks ago, it was still there. And so I snuck up behind him and I snapped a picture of it over his shoulder. And I said, Gene, I'm giving you a couple of weeks. And if it is still there in a couple of weeks, I have no Blackmailer. choice. Blackmailer. So listen, <laughs> I'm going to flash the picture quickly. Now, I talked to Gene last night. He was okay with us doing this. I did double check. He said, no, I deserve it. I've earned it. You gave me more than enough time. I'm going to see. There it is, boys. Gene Principe's lock screen on his phone. Shirtless picture of himself. By the yeah. way, always great hair. Always great hair on Gene. Oh, and he's in great shape, too. It's annoying, right? Although he did specify this was from 2015. So this isn't the 74-year-old Gene Principe that we now know. Uh, but he's looking. He's all flashy one more time. That's it. If you're just listening on podcast, go to YouTube. Uh, thank God it wasn't a picture of me we're showing. Uh, Pierre, you get to go first, man. Red card, yellow card, no card. Yeah, red card all day. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, your lock screen has to either be your favorite place in the world which it is for me. It's a picture of, of uh, the lake where a cottage is, or it should be a picture of your kids. Come on. It's got to be one or the other. He tried. It can't be a shirtless picture of you. That's a full <laughs> red card. No explanation needed. Struts. 
Confidence is high, and I respect that. I think note card. Let the guy uh, show wow. his, good, uh, his good looks off. He's an attractive wow. man. And listen, Gene's a smart guy. He could have figured out how to change if he really wanted to. He was just playing you. He's happy that it's out there. Now everyone sees this picture of him with no shirt on on the beach. You know, he's all lubed up. Uh, put some tanning lotion on, maybe a little bit of baby oil to get a little bit darker. So <laughs> note card for me. I respect the high wow. confidence in Gino. Yep. The other thing we got to remember, remember the magazine cover Gino did with his uh, with his oh. beautiful wife, right? <laughs> Laying shirtless in bed, snuggling with his wife on the cover of uh, of the magazine. I got to see if I can, uh, I might have that too. I'm not sure. I don't think yeah. Edify will mind if we just kind of flash that really yeah. quick. Have you Good seen that one, Pierre? <laughs> This is your breaking, breaking news to me right now. I, I had breaking not news? seen that before. Uh, oh, so we've got a red card. We've got a no card. I'm going to go yellow card because I kind of agree with you, Struds. He's not a guy that sees it and panics. Is like, oh, my God, I get it off of there because he knows, right? He's in good shape. He takes care of himself. He works yeah. hard. You got to enjoy the fruits of all that work. Maybe I'm just jealous. I've just shown yeah. my own insecurities. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would have a shirtless pic of me off that phone immediately. But Gino's, ah, Gino's letting her buck. And I think that uh, I, I definitely respect that. But it still is a shirtless picture of himself on his lock screen, on his telephone. And as much as we love Gene, I can't give him no card. That is going to be a yellow card for me. Um, the ultimate arbiter here on Got Your Back is normally Terry Ryan. Uh, by the way, on location right now, shooting season two of Shorzy as his beloved character, Ted Hitchcock. I have to say, I sent this to him last night, you guys. Oh, we God. broke the ultimate arbiter. No, 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 no. I was thinking this is going to be the best one ever. This absolutely mashed his brain. We broke the ultimate arbiter. Think about Terry Ryan, normally so energetic, so opinionated, so funny. All the things we love about the ultimate arbiter. Listen to this from Terry Ryan, guys. I got this message at like four in the morning. Yeah, anything I think of seems ignorant or cheesy. I don't really know where to go with this. I'm stumped. I can't think of a comparable either. You know, all I can He's think it's three strikes on one play, but it's broken. If I know what to say about it, yeah, man, I'm sorry. Listen to him. So I'm gonna go back to sleep, I guess. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Terry Ryan, the ultimate arbiter, with nothing. To offer uh, on that one. Struds, you know TR well. We have him on the pod all the time. Have you ever heard him like that? No. Speechless. I'd never heard him speechless. He always has a great, you know, way of explaining things and, and quite funny. So, yeah, I, I'm surprised. I think he had nothing to say. Maybe there must be a respect level there for the bot. That is. That's, Gino's you know bot. what? Somehow through all of this, Gene Principe won. He stumped the ultimate yeah. arbiter. He got no card from you. We showed a shirtless pick of him where he looks pretty damn good. I intended on kind of taking a bit of a shot at Gino today, lovingly. Yeah. He kicked all of our asses. Gene wins the day somehow. <laughs> good looking guy. All right, lots more to come here on the podcast, guys. Uh, Brady Kachuk of the Ottawa Senators joined us. Uh, that's coming up after the break. Struddy, how'd you like your debut on the big pod, pal? Well, I'm glad I could fulfill uh, Pierre Lebrun's make a wish on doing a podcast together. So put, yeah. that, put, put that in your diary tonight, Pierre. Finally, after all your appearances on Overdrive, you come on our podcast. About time, man. Thank you. By the way, you're going to make Overdrive again because that comment you made about Leaf fans, we're definitely going to clip it and promo it. So expect a call from O-Dog or somebody to go on the show again soon.
They only have me on when the Oilers lose. So I'll have to wait till after the playoffs. <laughs> no, they haven't true. had you on in like a month. Yeah. No, they don't. Unless they're losing. And I called them out. They're like, no, no, no. Then they look back and like, oh, you might be right. Like, I know I'm right. <laughs> you know, Leafs winning, Oilers lose, Strutty gets a call. Other way around, no Strutty. Nothing. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Great job today, pal. We'll talk again soon. See you guys. See you guys. L- lots more still to come here. I got your back. LeBron, Rashog, and Strutty. We want to tell you about a truly Canadian company. Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals provides equipment and supplies to all facets of the Canadian construction industry. But what sets them apart is their get-or-done attitude. It's a core value of their company. I've been to the offices. I've seen how they proudly display that on the wall at each branch. Every one of the staff members lives by the get-or-done formula to ensure they'll never let their customers down. They'll bend over backwards to get their clientele what they need when they need it. They don't make excuses. Cross Country Canada takes great pride in this attitude and they truly believe that the success of their customer is their success. You can't get much more Canadian than that. All right, time now for Who's Got Your Back, brought to you by Liberty Smart Security. They are a company that specializes in having your and your family's back. They've got high-quality, advanced smart security systems for your home or your business. They use leading-edge technology. I have it in my house. It's awesome, the number of things that you can do with this. Here's the beautiful thing about their security systems. If you're a techie type, it can be as advanced as you want, from like geofencing and having things set up automatically when you leave a certain uh, area around your house to engage different things, cameras and all sorts of stuff. And it can be as simple as you want to. If you just want to arm your security system and walk out of the house like Pierre, a little more simple on the technology front, uh, they've got you covered there as well. Great systems. I've been protecting my family with one for about seven years now, and it's awesome stuff. So protect the things that matter most to you with a Liberty Smart Security System. Visit libertysecurity.ca. All right, Pierre, we were thrilled to get uh, Brady Kachuk on the podcast today. And what a great interview. A lot of really cool things. What stood out to you in the questions that we asked him today? You know, um, I think the the idea that, you know, he's in the same division as his brother and and both Florida and Ottawa at one point were in the same playoff race. And obviously the Panthers are in now, the Senators are out. But I always think, well, the media is overcooking this whole brother angle and, and, and maybe it's awkward to be in this. It's We're clear, not. Clearly, this is a conversation a within the family that oh, yeah. you know, the next the next several years, the Panthers and, and the Senators are going to be battling it out in that division and, and both trying to make the playoffs. I mean, let's get a playoff series between those oh, two man. teams. One Can day. you imagine? How that be? For sure. Uh, asked him the question about uh, whether or not we would see him with the Florida faithful partying and cheering on his brother like he did with the Flames faithful last year. Really interesting answer to that question as well. Did you hear his dad chirping the Florida Panthers a few days ago? What was it like in their family chat after that happened? He answers that as well. Real great interview uh, with Brady Kachuk, courtesy Liberty Smart Security. He is about to complete his first point-a-game season in the National Hockey League. Uh, Brady Kachuk joining us. Brady, thanks for taking some time. I know uh, team success is what you're always focused on, but I wonder, is is a point-a-game, is that a milestone that's kind of cool to hit for the first time at the National Hockey League level? What does that mean to you? Uh, first off, thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. And, uh, I mean, it's something I almost didn't really expect. Just wanted to come in here. I 
coming in, in here this year. Just I felt uh, more confident. Felt like I was uh, going to take uh, some you know new levels individually. But uh, yeah, no, I was definitely confident in uh, myself. But uh, now for our team, I thought uh, we made a lot of progress as well. And I think uh, I've been fortunate to play with you know Timmy all year and uh, um, and G for you know, most of the year. It's uh, and I've been lucky to play with some two special players and uh, those guys. I often wonder about bragging rights in your house. And I imagine that team success is kind of top of the list. That gives you the ultimate bragging rights. But I wonder what's number two. What comes next? Because you've got your brother in penalty minutes and you had a heck of a year offensively. So would what's next? Is it is it is it goals, points, penalty minutes? What's number two on the bragging rights list in the Kachuk house? I don't, I don't know. I, I think Matthew takes two, three, four, and five with his <laughs> uh all of his point totals too. So um, and then him, of course, uh, just clinching playoffs. So, um, no, I'll give him this year, but, uh, I've expected a little change uh, down the road. Yeah. And, and for a long time, you guys were in that same playoff race in the East Brady and, you know, listen, the, the expectations that your GM set out back in September when he had the news conference was that he wanted your team to play meaningful games past the trade deadline, which you guys did. Now I know you're the captain of the team. You don't want to just play meaningful games. You want to get in, but can you talk about the steps that this team took? I mean, let's face it, a pretty big step from last year where the team finished. I know it's kind of been in the, you know, the race up until, you know, three games ago. It's, uh, I think people kind of forget what, you know, our objective and goal was. And um, yeah, I mean, of course, you, get, you know, for myself and a lot of the guys who haven't experienced it before, just to get the taste of, of what, you know, the meaningful games, but what goes into playoffs and, and those types of games is just kind of getting a taste of that down the stretch. It uh, It's different this year. It's like you said, last year we're out and the years before we're out, you know, way earlier, just kind of just playing the play. But this year, just having that taste of what we want as a team and as an organization and, and you know, not making it, but going kind of to the very end, it, uh, it hurts a lot more this year. It's definitely, you know, more, you know, kind of disappointing, but uh, it's, I, you know, for me, the experience of, you know, the highs and lows and just taking it one game at a time and, and just learning throughout that process and that, you know, stretch of games, it's, uh, I know it's going to help our team in the long run. I know you're still processing not making it this year. What would you say as you look forward to next year? Analyze the group you have coming back, the core you have. You feel you're a playoff team next year, ready to take that step? I, I don't think we're going to put in a, an expectation or, or, you know, a set number of what we need to get to. I just, I think the belief in our locker room, the belief in one another, it's, uh, it's taken another level this year. We, we have that belief that um, we're going to keep getting better. We have, you know, the key pieces and, and a lot of important people on our team, whether it's, you know, on the ice or, or off the ice in the leadership role as well, everybody, I feel like took another step in the leadership department too. So, um, yeah, no, we're, we're all of course disappointed with, you know, this, how kind of this season finished off, but I mean, you can already see guys you know, ready to go for and trying to kind of set the standard already going to next year. Yeah. You mentioned the leadership role of Brady. It's not easy being a young captain in this league. And it happens to be that one of your line mates was a captain for a long time in Philadelphia. What, what has Claude Giroux's influence been like for you personally as, as you handle that leadership role? And, um, I, you know, I've known Claude for a long time. I don't think he loves 
losing a game. <laughs> he's a pretty competitive guy. I don't think he's mellowed that much about that. And I, I have the sense that you're the same, but what's that like when you're, you know, you're going through good times and bad times and his influence on you as a captain? He's been un- unbelievable for me. It's um, not even just the on ice and learn from him, you know, with his game, it's, it's the off ice and I've, uh, how close we've gotten uh, just this year. I feel like we've been playing together, you know, my whole career and, and uh, I just, how you know, tight I feel like we are. And, and uh I mean, he's been great for our group. It's um, it's a completely different group uh, than it was before he came. It's he's he's made us you know all better. And like you said, it's it's I don't even know if he definitely hates losing a game. I think he hates losing the puck, and that's <laughs> it's it's some special to to learn from is that if somehow if somebody takes a puck off, he'll do whatever it takes to get it back. So um, that's something that everybody sees, and and we always kind of joke around with him. It's like can't believe like you're on the cover of NHL and we're playing with you. Like, this is unbelievable. Like, this, <laughs> How did we have the honor to be able to be blessed with your presence all the time? So um, no, it's such a nice, no, such a good guy. And it's just such a good person for, you know, the city and this organization as well. I'm sure he just soaks that praise in too, right? He's probably the guy that goes, yeah, you are lucky to be playing with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It, but there comes to a point. It's like, all right, guys, can we stop talking yeah, about it? Like, no. enough's enough. <laughs> That's funny. So there's talking about competitive nature. That, that's you through and through. You're one of the rare guys that can go out and get a point a game, score big goals in any given moment, but will also drop the gloves and scrap. In some ways, that makes you a bit of a target for the third and fourth liners out there who think, hey, if I can get him off the ice for five minutes, that does my team well. I wonder what it's like for you as a point producer and a guy that's not afraid to do that. You find you're getting challenged more and more as your point totals go up, and how often do you have to turn fights down? Where are you at in terms of how often you want to be doing that to maintain your edge, but understanding your value too? Definitely, I've I've learned probably a lot more this year um, when it comes to. I feel like uh, you know my first couple of years, I wanted to establish myself as well, and uh, um, no, I, I still think I I could be better, and you know offensively making plays, but also just overall as a, as a team, uh, just helping the team win. But yeah, it's, uh, um, I usually, no, I, I think I've said this before. I don't like, you know, backing down from anybody. I don't care you know, who it is and you know, confident myself. And but guys um, know that, know, right. They know that. Yeah. about Yeah. So they're going to yeah, poke you. Yeah. So definitely learn a little bit this year where <laughs> I don't want to you know, put the team in uh, uh, a bad spot where you know, I have to learn just to pick and choose when to, uh, when to do it. Cause you know, at the end of the day, you know, I know I want to win and I have to be you no know, good leader to um, you know, put ourselves in a, a good spot to win. I come from a family of four brothers. I know what it's like to be agitated at your brother and want to go head flick him and lay a bit of a friendly beating on him. It's a completely different story when someone else gets aggressive with one of my brothers. It fascinates me, Brady, to watch you guys play against each other and what the dynamic is like for you when your teammates, your brothers, your guys are furious at your brother and want to beat the crap out of your brother. As a guy with brothers, I'm not sure how I would process that. What's that like for you when your buddies are so pissed at your brother all the time? It's weird. It's It definitely is. I'm learning to <laughs> kind of go with it and be like, you know what? But it's different now because now we're in the same division. Now we're um There's going to be more be- of it. He didn't yeah, exactly but, take it easy the other night. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. So it's uh, got to learn how to, of course, we'll never do anything with each other. It's it's non-negotiable, but uh, 
I mean, we're both leaders of you know, our own teams too. So we have to um, kind of be able to kind of put the brothers aside and just focus on winning and, and making sure we're at our, our best uh, playing wise and leadership wise to help the team win. Are guys careful what they say about them around you or can they just express their frustration? Like, man, your brother is, how's that going? I think, I think it's some guys, some guys like, I'm going to be honest with you. And then some guys, I think, <laughs> do, do stay a little more quiet when they're talking about it. So I'm like, all right, I'm just, you guys can say whatever you want. I, I don't, I don't know if you remember this moment, Brady, but I remember when this happened, I was like, okay, this guy's the future captain of the Ottawa senators, but I don't know if it was your rookie year or your second year, but you fought Shea Weber. And I remember when you first dropped the gloves, I was like, Brady, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and of course, you handle yourself quite well. And just because, obviously, Shea Weber's aura and, and, and guys who had fought him before and, you know, you don't mess with Shea. I don't know if you remember that, but if you do, I mean, is that one of those moments where you're like, oh, I'll tell, you know, tell my kids about that one day? I mean, you know, it is Shea Weber after all. <laughs> it was uh... – it's kind of weird how it happened. It was just a battle net front. And then all of a sudden, you know, I think I like cross-checked his leg or something, like something <laughs> stupid or something when I was on the ground. And then all of a sudden he uh, cross-checks me again. And like, there's, it was weird because there's no words said. And then all of a sudden it just like had that mutual, all right, it's happening. And then yeah, it was, uh, it was during COVID year. So it was, it would have been cool right. if it was, if it was uh, in front of a packed bell center, but uh, yeah, no, it was definitely uh something that uh, the family was watching they're they're fired up got a lot of text after that one but uh i don't think i realized it until after i was like well, what just <laughs> what happened, just happened? <laughs> yeah. exactly. man, one of the great mountain man mountain, yeah. mike batbach nicknamed jay weber <laughs> yeah. once uh, that's so. biting off a major right there uh, one of the great joys of the playoffs last year was watching you uh, you know, party along and enjoy mm -hmm. the ride with your brother i know you'd rather be in there i know we all know that um can we expect more of the same this year? Florida's a fun place to go. Like, you know, you reflect back on that and there were some great scenes and some great moments. Are you going to be able to set aside your disappointment and, and follow along in the same way? Uh, unfortunately, the, the Florida faithful will not be uh, experiencing my presence. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, it's different now. Same division. We uh, mm -hmm. It's different. Right. Just a different vibe this year with us where we're so close. But, you know, last year is, you know, we were out and pretty early in February and weren't really expected to be there either. So um, it's usually my downtime too. So it's uh, that in between where just rest, let the body recover from all the, the bumps and bruises. So I might be in Florida, but I'm definitely not going to, to any of their games. Right. And putting on the spot a little here, Brady, but obviously team USA will be putting a team together for the men's world. Is that something that uh, you would look at or is it time to rest the body here? Yeah, no, it's, um, Definitely going to think about it a little bit more. It's, um, you know, throughout the year, of course, just get a bunch of, you know, bumps and bruises throughout the years. So, um, you know, take some time. And then, of course, wanted to focus on our run and on our, on our team down the stretch here. So <clears throat> as, you know, the season's winding down, definitely thinking about it more and, and, um, you know, going to talk to, you know, the right people to, um, to, to figure it out. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Last one here before we get your got your backstory. Uh, I hear your dad's taking credit for the Florida Panthers turnaround. Uh, went a little public with some of his frustrations about the their team being soft. Said they could take a page out of your book, the Ottawa Senators, because you play hard every night. Uh, did did that get a little awkward in the family chat there when after he did that or what? Where was where was your guys' heads at after uh, Dad went off like that? 
It was definitely quiet for a day, but um, <laughs> just get a text last night after you know Chicago beat Pittsburgh, and uh, all he said is "You're welcome." So um, <laughs> yeah, no control over that game, but uh, he's taking credit. He's he's been saying to to me is like if they get in, I'm I'm executive of the year. So um, so he's uh, he's definitely taking this one and, and laughing about it. But uh, yeah, I mean they they did it. So um, he's definitely proud of Matthew and everything he's uh, he's done. That's awesome. All right, Brady, the name of the podcast has got your back. We love getting uh, that story from somebody about a time in their life where somebody had their back. You skate around out there, have your teammates back pretty much every night. So we ask you, uh, who's had yours? A lot of people, but uh, the one that stands out and, and one that's been so impactful for, for me is, you know, Mark Stone. He had my back my first first day of training camp. He walked me into his home and, and uh he let me kind of learn off him at the house and just um, he didn't have to welcome me into his home, but uh, he made me feel like I was uh family right from day one and uh, made me feel like I was a part of this team uh, right from when I got here. Were you a good house guest? Like how, how would you rate yourself as a, you know, like you're a teenager living, you know, in a home with a family Were you, how were you? Looking back, I was probably the worst house guest ever, but uh, <laughs> Why? Allowed me to, just, I don't, just laundry all the time, you know, the, uh, Mark's wife, Haley was doing my sheets and all my, my laundry. I just provided pretty much nothing. Didn't cook. I pretty much, I think Mark drove me every day. So it was, uh, it's pretty good life for me, but, uh, I don't, <laughs> didn't I don't contribute think, a lot to the operation oh, I provided, of the house. provided absolutely nothing. <laughs> just, just hung out with the dogs. <laughs> well, you remember I, that. I, I just want to add, uh, I just want to add a quick thing here, uh, that, uh, you know, Brady may or may not remember this, but uh, in January, my son's uh, hockey team was in Ottawa mm-hmm. for a tournament and we went to the to a game and it was a tough loss for for the Senators. They lost to the Jets that night and I had prearranged with, with Claude Giroux to, for the boys are 11 years old uh, to meet him after the game and, and, and it was a really tough loss. It was great of, of Giroux to still come down and, and see the boys. But unbeknownst to me, I got a tap on my shoulder and I was the captain of the Senators Brady Kachuk, who surprised the kids. And I got to tell you, the, the, the expression on the boys' faces when Brady Kachuk shows up, especially after a tough loss like that, that uh, yeah, you know what, that was pretty cool for those kids. And I remember thinking that's, that's what a young captain is all about in the NHL. That was, that was pretty impressive, Brady. Good stuff. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah, I know it was funny seeing the one kid uh... – I forget who I was turned back and all of a sudden all of them turned back. I was like, Hey guys, there's still a picture we got to take. So <laughs> hey. uh, it was, uh, that, that was, was great. funny. I, I remember that. Awesome. Um, Brady, yeah. thank you so much. Really appreciate all your time. Uh, listen, enjoy the off season and really look forward to the Ottawa senators and what you might be capable of next year. Yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate you guys having me. And our thanks once again to Brady Kachuk for taking some time. I love that answer, Pierre. Like, the Florida faithful are not going to be enjoying Brady Kachuk's company this year the way the Flames were. It's just different. You know, he was right in there last year. But could you imagine him doing it with a division rival? Makes sense that he's not going to. Yeah, he's making the right call for sure. And you know he wants his brother to do well. But at the same time, now this is just about the Senators for Brady Kachuk. He's the captain and he's already looking the next year. I like it. He's a gamer, man. The way the way that he plays, that combination of scoring ability and scrappiness, bit of a throwback player here. I wasn't willing, or he wasn't willing to guarantee a playoff spot for the Senators next year, Pierre. What do you think? Can Ottawa take the step? You know, 
they're close. I mean, getting Jacob Chikrin and now they'll have him for a full year, right? I mean, the, you know, imagine they had the, he, he'd be in their top four from the entire season. We might be talking about the Senators in the playoffs. Still got to see where the goaltending shakes out to me. You know, um, that's the question I have. Um, you know, they got a big offseason. What do they do with the Brinkat with that big qualifying offer? So still some questions. And, of course, we didn't even ask him that because it's really unfair. What's he going to say? But the whole ownership sale and how that, um, you know, plays out here this summer, that's a pretty big deal too. And the reason I say that is that it could have an impact ultimately on some hockey decisions. So. Let's see where that goes. One thing we know about the Senators, though, with Stutzla there and Kachuk there, like they're be a fun team to watch. and They always are, and they're a fun mm-hmm. team to keep an eye on. So, again, thanks to Brady Kachuk and the Ottawa Senators for taking some time to join us. Great job today, Pierre. Uh, we'll chat with you again. I think we may try and do a playoff preview this weekend we coming up. So maybe a bonus got your back. NHL pod coming up as the matchups get square. Enjoy the action tonight in the NHL, my friend, and we'll chat with you soon. That's going to wrap up the podcast. Huge thanks to our sponsors, Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals, Kuma Outdoor Gear, check out that switchback chair, and Liberty Smart Security Systems as well. Appreciate your downloads and your subscriptions, folks. Look forward to chatting with you in a couple of days. Have a fantastic finish to your day. Cheers. Cheers.